Blog Talk Radio. I see you've got them started, so you're cleared for takeoff. Again, 
of the Eastern Radio Hour, and uh, a song, I don't think uh, there's a song that's more appropriate than the song that uh, Jesse Goldberg wrote, and the lyrics that he used uh, just uh, bring into mind that you can replace some of the words and insert uh, our company, and I've done just that, and just wanted to read to our hosts that are here, and I'll get to you in just a minute, but I'd like to read what I've got and see if you guys can critique it or uh, suggest uh, some words in its place in, in, in the places that I've put these. It starts out by once there was a neighborhood street, mail planes, silver planes, and airplane seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow old once upon a long time ago. If I could only go back again to Eastern Airlines and all of my friends, I would feel safe with people I know from Eastern Airlines once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can go there in my mind. 
So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, Eastern Airlines and people who care. Hot summer nights and cold winter snow from once upon a long time ago. I smile as I look back at all the roads I've crossed, traveling down memory lane, but without all those that I've loved and lost, life is just not the same. For all the Eastern good times I can recall, to all I've loved, God bless you all. The happiest moment that I'll never ever know was once upon a long time ago. What you guys think? You hit a home run. <laughs> I think it's pretty good if I could just get that melody to uh, and the mm. singer. I'd be able to send it to Jeff, Jess Go, Jesse Goldberg and say, "Hey, would you re- record this song?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember but, we were talking one time, long time ago. I I uh, think everybody remembers when uh, they get ready to go out somewhere, and uh, they look around and they say, well, where's the keys to the car? And somebody will say, they're in the car. <laughs> and that happened a long time ago. A long time ago, they're in the car, yeah. Well... I can. I think there, it still needs some work, but um, especially the airplane seats. I just threw that in because it rhymed with street. But uh, mm-hmm. I like the mail planes, silver planes, and airplane seats. Uh, but uh, if you guys can think of something that li- rhymes with street, let me know. And involves an airplane. <clears throat> but the rest of it pretty much fits with uh, the company. Instead of mom and dad, of course, I've inserted Eastern Airlines. So, anyhow, I thought maybe I'd send it out to everybody and let you take a look at it and uh, see what you think. Okay, so let me start out with uh, the voice that you just heard was Chuck Albright, who resides in the Villages, Florida. And lots are ha- lots happening there, I suppose, that, that you mentioned off-air. Something like 400. What was that 400 about, Chuck? Tell me. Tell us about the villages. Well, uh, I think we were discussing some of the. I don't want to get really high into it, but we're one of the highest places in the United States that vote, and we're, of course we have all the candidates coming by, obviously getting ready for the 22 session. Um, we have a. 135,000 people. That's uh, they say they sold about 70,000 homes so far. We've been in business about uh, probably about getting close to 30 years now, and um, we have every hobby you can think of. Mine's golf and bowling, but we have 400 events a month. So anything that just uh, clicks your fancy. We probably got a club or a country club or some place that you can go with some other people that think the same way you do and have meetings and we have parades on all the uh, different types of uh, events that come up, you know, uh, throughout the year, Christmas and New Year's and St. Patrick's Day, and we all have the people get their stuff. And we have, uh, by the way, we also have, 35,000 golf carts here. 
because most people don't even drive their cars in the villages. They stay parked in their garage. Wow. The only time you wonder how many, use wonder how many bicycles goes. and tricycles. <laughs> yeah, tricycles. We have some tricycles, believe it or not. I got one. It's motorized. Yeah. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, you get a lot of exercise that. there, don't you? <laughs> Actually, we. Um, I was telling our host here, we have uh, remote control uh, aircraft here, so to speak, drones and things. So we have two small airports here, one that's on the property and one that's off the property. And you can go there and fly your RC airplanes or drones or whatever you have. Um, I was surprised when I went to join, they have to have uh, serial numbers put inside each one of the aircraft. So if it gets away from you, FAA knows where it's at, who who got it. So I got it. We have... We have quite a bit here, swimming pools, barbecues, yeah, very good. you name it. Okay, well, that uh, takes care of the villages. Now let's head on over to Georgia, and we've got uh, Captain Jim Holder there in the, in the, where is it, in the Conyers area? Yeah, east of Atlanta, about 30 miles. And uh, I guess your activities there, uh, you have, uh, with the Eastern Group, you have the well, you're about to bring them back, the luncheons. Yeah, we hope to do that in June, second Tuesday in June. Of course, we have the Eastern Pilot Hunt Club. It's about 20 miles south of me. We lost some of our land uh, about two weeks ago, but we still got enough to uh, build a fire down there, and we can sit around and, like my son says, tell the same old lies all sitting by the campfire at <laughs> night, arguing about which way is Noah. But uh, we have a good time. How many acres do you have, Jim? Uh, right now, we I'm not exactly sure, but we lost uh, close to half of it. And uh, I, when I joined, it was about 1,200 acres, and then it went down to about 800. Then it was about 600, so now it's probably around 300 acres. It's okay. Private, so I guess what's what's happening? Private. Are subdivisions coming in and taking over the land? Well, they did. They really wasn't subdivisions. They they sold ten acre lots and uh, about oh. twenty years ago, and that took a big one. The one that they got right now, they sold it. They tried to put a subdivision. <laughs> they tried to sell it, you know, to somebody to do that, and nobody bought it. So they're subdividing it into ten acre lots and that kind of stuff. And it would still have a country effect, but they may have a house across the street from my campground now. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I hate to disappoint uh, you, Chuck, but uh, I live in the number one fastest growing county in Florida and has been that way for the last 10 years or more, St. John's yeah. County. St. John's County, and uh, we're just a suburb of Jacksonville, mm-hmm. southerly, and uh, we're the home, uh, the county seat of, is uh, St. Augustine, and uh, we have uh, lots of tracks of acreage. As a matter of fact, one of our uh, wealthy uh, businessmen uh, that owns a lot of gas stations around uh, the city and county uh, purchased a thousand acres right behind our subdivision, which is the World Golf Village. And we're the home of uh, the Golf Hall of Fame. And it's kind of like a state park in here. 
but uh, wow. acreage behind us has been <clears throat> has been they they're starting to develop it. They mm -hmm. say that it's not going to be developed until another five ten years, but uh, you know, and it's not going to affect us that much because of our age. But I've noticed one thing, and I don't know, Jim, if you have noticed that the deer herd has decreased tremendously here because of these woods that they are clearing behind us. Um, well, that's not the way in Rockdale County. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, you, you see three or four deer in your backyard every morning. Wow. And uh, they're the, most of the lots here are pushing one acre, so it's not like we're jammed yeah. up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. They uh, they are still around here, you know, inside the city limits. All you can do is look at them. Yeah. Well, we've got other other game here. We've got uh, wild turkey that usually strut right behind our porch uh, because we have a pond right behind us, and uh, they like to take a drink of water or either waller in the sand along the bank. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting to see these big birds take a sand bath. But uh, they do, and, uh, and then we have an alligator, and uh, everybody started to name it Wilma, or some call it uh, Wilbur. Wilma or Wilbur, depending upon whether you can identify the sex of the alligator. And, uh, I don't know how that's going to happen. But uh, anyhow, it's, it's kind of a neat place to live, and I'm sure you guys are living in uh, a place that... Uh, is to your liking. I got uh, Al Jenkins. Al, what side of Atlanta do you live on? He has well, a I'm delay. in Gwinnett County. Gwinnett County, that's right. You're uh, Are you yeah, way out in, in Gwinnett, Gwinnett County or closer into the city? I'm closer into the city. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, 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 uh, there's a lot of eastern associations there i know the maintenance people have uh, i think you guys have got a maintenance club there or association don't you now you know i don't know i haven't yeah. had a chance to talk to anybody lately i don't know who to get a hold of well i'll see if i can find out because i believe there is a maintenance uh organization there of uh, retirees and i'll see if i can find that out for you and uh would imagine that would be an interesting group to attend their meetings. But uh, at yeah. any rate, we 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 got area code seven three four popped up on my on my producer's board, and where might I be talking seven three four? Is that down South Florida? Is, is that Bill? Well, if you're talking into your microphone, it's not coming through. So maybe we can get it cleared up uh, after you listen to this record I'm going to spin right now. Got some good music for us in case we run out of things we we want to talk about. But I think we can keep talking about Eastern and stuff like that. So listen to this one. This has got to be New Orleans type of music. Sitting on a log, single shot rifle and a one-eyed dog. Yonder come my kinfolks in the moonlight, 
Louisiana Saturday night. Hey, you get down the fiddle and you get down the boat. Kick off your shoes and throw them in the floor. Dance in the kitchen till the morning light. Louisiana Saturday night. Bill and my other brother Jack Belly full of beer and a possum in the sack Fifteen kids in the front porch light Louisiana Saturday night Hey, you get down the fiddle and you get down the bone Kick off your shoes and throw them in the cold Dance in the kitchen till the morning light Louisiana Saturday night microphone nope must not be bill okay you know we last time talked about some of the interesting uh questions that we had uh i had uh, come up with and i've got a few here now but uh i want to i want to ask you guys especially in atlanta al i don't know how long you've been there and jim i know you've been there forever with eastern uh, just about forever but uh, do you recall? Like do you recall Operation Bootstrap? Oh yeah. What do it's, you recall uh, about it? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> hate to put it you on the spot. Program, yeah, it was a program to get Easter up and running a hell of a lot better than it was at the time. And was that uh, in the late sixties or mid sixties? I think one of the two. I think it was the mid '60s uh, when I they went to the right. hockey stick, yeah, the hockey stick, think, uh, and yeah. all of that, and uh, uh, and the president of Eastern, uh, I forgot one of those guys. My memory is well, it was Floyd Hall. Hall. Yeah, we came to Chicago, came to Chicago, and uh, Lewis Arthur Lewis, he came to Chicago. I was based up there then, and sat on a very informal. Just sat on a desk up in front of us and talked about uh, how this was going to get Eastern turned around, and it did. And, and it you did. recall, I believe Perry Hudson might have been the chief pilot in Atlanta during that time, the best I can recall. 
And I remember. Uh, he was ahead of then. He was there. I he, think uh, it was uh, uh, Perry, not Perry Hudson. Uh, Van Rowland? Uh, Dick Bomar. Dick Bomar. Dick Bomar. No, okay. later on, uh, Dick Bomar, and then after that, it was Van Rowland. Yeah. It was Dick but Bomar. But I remember, I remember they put aside a day after we outboarded Delta Airlines in Atlanta. I think mm-hmm. that was our yeah. goal. And mm-hmm. uh, and we outboarded them, and so the chief pilot uh, uh, had it approved that we have a, a picnic out there on Lake Spivey or one of those lakes out there. Mm-hmm. And and um, I didn't get to go to it because I had a trip that day, but I missed mm-hmm. a good one. I understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, all mm-hmm. the employees of Eastern were were uh, uh, invited to the the party. And uh, yeah. and remember, they gave us a gold bootstrap, a boot right. and a strap to mm-hmm. put on our lapel mm-hmm. pin on our uniforms. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I got to correct myself. Uh, when I came to Atlanta, Van Rowland was brand new chief pilot. So that was that part of the bootstrap out doing Delta. Van Rowland was the chief pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, now Paul, I mean, uh, uh, Perry had already left, I guess, by that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mayor, he was mayor of Hayville, and state senator. Yeah, and I turned to politics, yeah. That was mm. very interesting. And uh, how about down there in Miami, uh, Chuck? Did they uh, have a celebration about uh, Operation Bootstrap? I just recall the name. I don't think they had anything... Like you, you just described, though. Uh, uh, I don't recall, but I do remember the name that you were talking about. It could have been in the the newspaper I'd read about it. Yeah. But yeah. I I didn't get to go to anything in Miami yeah. that recall that. Not to say that they didn't have anything. Jim, it seems like to me I was flying a second officer on the Electra at that time during that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. You were flying flight engineer, flight engineer on the yeah. second yeah, officer on the jets. Yeah, and I was yeah. too. I was a flight engineer on the Electra, yeah. yeah. and then uh, then I became a second officer like you did. Yeah, <laughs> on a seven twenty-seven. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Al, let's see. Uh, you you were you in Atlanta when they had the Operation Bootstrap? No, I was in New York. Okay. When did you start with Eastern? What year was it? 65. Okay, you're right around our vintage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I can see all the gray hair on your head from here. (laughs) What? (laughs) What hair? (laughs) What hair? Yeah. What hair? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, and here's another question, and I'm going to throw a, uh, another record. I love the r- lyrics of the songs that I have chosen. I love the lyrics. I listen to every word that's being sung. Uh, here's a question. If you were running the airline and you know of all of the logos that were on the tails and sides of our airplane, which would you have stuck with? Whoever. I like Wings of Man. 
You like the, I'm talking about the tail, you know, the tail feathers. You like the hockey stick? Oh, the hockey stick was nice. I don't like what they're doing today, but, yeah, the hockey sticks for me. How about it, Jim? What was your favorite? I love that golden, you know, just beautiful, the, the blue and gold tail. And the, the golden gold falcon. The, the, the golden falcon. I just think that was really great. And it looked I agree good with you. on all of I the airplanes, too. 727, yeah. Boeing but, 720, yeah. I guess, had it, too. But, boy, did it look good on that DC-8. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It was oh, beautiful. Yeah. And on Anything the 720. Anything looked good on a DC-8. Yeah, you're right. And a 7, <laughs> 757 and, and a DC-8, <laughs> just beautiful airplanes yeah. from our generation. From our generation. Yeah, you're right. Was you're that right. the same one that was on the, the Connie's? Yeah. Well, no, no, it wasn't on the Connie's. The Duck Hawk was on the Connie's. Oh, okay. And yeah, the Duck Hawk. Yeah, and DC-7s and the Convairs and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, early Convairs, because they changed the Convairs to the hockey stick, too, when Floyd Hall came aboard. And uh, Okay, now, listen to the lyrics of this one. I love the lyrics, lyrics of this one.
told you the lyrics are great. Yes, uh, they are. You know what? You know who the actual Leroy Brown was a sergeant in the army. Uh, no, Fort Jackson, that Jim Croakey, and, and uh, he said that's inspired him to write that song. That it must have been a drill sergeant. Yeah, yeah. boy, that, <laughs> I didn't know that. Ah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I didn't either. Well, I read it on Google just now. <laughs> well, what, what, what was the name of the uh, the singer again? Jim Grossy. Jim Croakey. Yeah, and he died in an airplane crash. Remember? Oh. And I didn't read that. I knew that already. That he I was didn't killed know that. in a light airplane light airplane crash. But uh yeah, he was uh he was some kind of singer. Yeah, I got a couple of more to play that uh, are in the same uh caliber and I I really like them. But here's another question I want to ask you guys. Uh, you know, I had as a pilot and I'm sure you uh, Chuck and and also Al, probably when you first came on with the company, you had someone you looked up to, and um, I know as a brand new fledgling co-pilot, there are those that I uh, really really enjoyed flying with, and Jim, I'm certain the same applied mm-hmm. to you. Oh, and yeah. um, and throughout my career with Eastern. There were just a couple of folks that I would say that were mentors. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be a good word to use because they taught me a lot about flying and, and how to behave uh, as a pilot mm-hmm. and how to be respected as a pilot. And um, I'm just going to throw out a couple of names. And, and then, Jim, you might uh, name a couple of folks that if you can uh, recall a couple of them. And uh, Chuck uh, and uh, Al, just think of who might, in in your department, might uh, have set your goal as to how you wanted to be an employee of Eastern. But my two that comes to mind, I'll always put Gib Guerin right very, very, very close to the very top of my Mm -hmm. list. And uh, now a little little bit about Gib. Uh, Gib and uh, Bill Malone. Uh, Gib was an instructor pilot in the in World War II, but uh, you can't believe who he instructed. He instructed the female pilots how to fly the transport airplanes for our right. for our war effort, and uh, that's what they mm-hmm. were. They were ferry pilots, and and mm-hmm. it was up to up to Gib Garin to get them qualified to fly these airplanes. And what a wonderful job that must have been, huh? <laughs> yeah, he he was a great guy to fly with. Just as calm yeah. and cool and collected, and just a super nice guy and a hell of a good pilot. Yep, there you go. And his son, by the way, for our listeners, was in the uh, flight uh, 66 that uh, went down in New York on its approach to runway 22 Thund- left. Thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his he was the was engineer. And he was being checked, I believe, by a check engineer. But uh, I think he was the, doing the check. He oh, maybe he was doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I met I met him one time because Gib, Gib and I had a layover at the Marriott in Miami, and uh, Mike, his son, that was uh, on flight 66, had come to to the Marriott to have dinner with uh, Gib and and um, and me. I did. I, I had some other plans, but. Uh, at any rate, uh, I met him there for the first time, and and uh, a wonderful young man, like his father. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, and Don Purcell also was one of my favorites. Oh yeah, another gentleman of the highest yeah. order. But uh, yep. Uh, well, okay. mine. If you want to let me to tell yeah, you, yeah, go ahead. Tell was me. Was a guy that I I met. Probably flew with him within the first two months as a DC-7 co-pilot up in Chicago in 63-64. with Chuck Walters, C.E. Walters, and he was just a super nice guy and just very good pilot, and he would never fuss at you, but he if, if I did something I shouldn't be doing, he'd say, Jim, somebody's going to fuss at you about that someday, <laughs> you know, and I'd say, okay, I ain't going to do it no more. But uh, he was just a super nice guy, and, and I, hate, I I really flew with him an awful lot, and probably would have on the Electra, but he went out on a medical and, and never came back. So I think he flew the Electra, but I flew with him on a DC-7. Super nice guy. Yeah. And he passed away many, many years ago, of course. Chuck Walters. Well, he must have been a World War II pilot, too. He was. Likely. He was. Yeah. yeah. B-17. Yeah, uh, Ralph Pitts uh, reminds me of another uh, great, great guy to fly with, and he mm-hmm. he flew B-17s and was shot down. I don't know if you knew it, Jim. I didn't I used know to that. Fly. No. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I flew, I flew a lot with Ralph, and he lived in the same neighborhood. As a matter of fact, my wife ran into his mailbox when she had a, a uh, grand mal seizure, <laughs> and uh, but he lived right around the corner from my house. But Ralph used mm-hmm. to, you, you had to dig this out of uh, these guys about their World War II, but I did manage to get the fact that his B-17 with a crew of, I think there were six or nine people on board. Nine, I, I say, believe. Yeah, I want to say nine. But uh, at any rate, he had them bail out, and uh they were, they were, they were, he, he was losing the airplane, the 17 mm-hmm. and, uh, it was over Germany and, uh, he, uh, he bailed out. He was one of the last guys to bail out. I think there were about three or four that were killed when the, when the attack occurred in the air on the airplane and, um, uh, he bailed out and he landed somewhere, uh, that, uh, they had a, I guess they were briefed if they did go down who to mm-hmm. contact in the area that mm-hmm. they landed and he contacted mm-hmm. this family and he stayed there for I think several months before they uh, ventured to find the uh, the uh, the tr- you know the American troops or the allies and um, and his his wife Annette she didn't have any idea. They they said that he was missing in action, you know, that he had had that. But mm-hmm. she, she didn't know about, uh, you know, whether he lived was living or not. But uh, quite a story. Anyhow, uh, Chuck, how about you? Did you have, I know Johnny Ray must have been right up there tall among oh, those. He, uh, yeah, he was, uh, meeting him and talking to him during lunch was a, a a real thrill for me because you just don't see somebody like that at Eastern Airlines because he was already retired when I met him. Um, he would come and uh, I think every, like on a certain day, like a Wednesday or a Friday and something, and he would just walk around the maintenance area and talk to the guys, and he just happened to be in the employee's cafeteria on there on 36th Street, and 
I was sitting alone. I guess I told you guys, and he asked to sit by me, and I looked up at him, and I I knew who he was because of the uh, popularity he was with the company. But um, I think the person I and I've said this before that I really um, have great feelings for obviously was my dad. He came there in 1937 and he was one of the 12 original managers that opened up stations along the East Coast during World War II. Cap Meddy wouldn't let him uh, they wouldn't, he wouldn't let him go into the service. He got a what to call a war deferment. When my father was a pilot. He flew um, those biplanes and jennies and stuff like that at Miami International Airport. There was nothing but a, a just a field out there, you know, with grass field back then in those days. But he was kind of wanting to go into the war, and Captain Eddie came by Charleston. That's where my dad had opened up. And my dad asked him well, what, why did he keep him, and he says, without you 12 men, there is no Eastern Airlines. He says, we, we've got commitments, we've got contracts, we got, we can, we're carrying troops, we're carrying all kinds of supplies and war, war materials. He says, Eastern's growing, and he says, I just needed the 12 of you guys to keep the airline going. So he was a friend of the president, and the president did that, but I always uh, admired my dad. He, um, he did a lot for Eastern Airlines. Yeah. He, I, 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 think it was 12 stations or 14, 15 stations that he eventually helped open up during the war. Well, if he was in Charleston, do you remember the years he was in Charleston, Chuck? No, I, the only thing I remember about him being in Charleston is Captain Eddie came by one time and had dinner at the house because um, Dad used to get, uh, um, he used to stay at, at Army bases. Captain Manny got to some kind of deal with the Army to let these 12 guys live on base so they wouldn't have to pay for housing and stuff. And Mom used to get food from the kitchen. But that's the only thing I remember. And I, and I was like yeah. six, uh, probably six months. I was probably, that was probably 19... 42, 43, somewhere in there. Yeah, the reason the reason I ask is uh, my good friend, the late uh, uh, Admiral, I call him Admiral, but he was Eastern's uh, representative for sales and marketing and eventually the manager here in Jacksonville, uh, Admiral John Engel. And John was in Charleston in 1932 when the Oh, uh, no, that was airplane, before that. I yeah, there in when, 1907. Yeah, this was before Eddie Rickenbacker, too. And you remember the story about the uh, guy that leaped from the Eastern Plain and uh, John and uh, those at Charleston went out and tried to search for the body, which they eventually yeah, found I remember several days. We had a radio show about that, yeah. Well, listen, yeah. let's put on another song here because I got two I don't want you guys to miss. It, this there one I like. I love this one, especially the course. Uptown got his hustlers, Bowery got his bump, 42nd Street got big Jim, a walker, he a bull shooting son of a gun, yeah he's big and dumb. 
Sang that and same guy, Jim Croce. Okay, Jim Croce. there you go. Yeah, you know, Boy, he, he was killed in a plane crash too in uh, Louisiana at Twin Beach. Hit a tree on takeoff. Was he flying the airplane? Board. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he was, huh. but uh, yeah, he had a lot of man. He still would have been probably singing. He was, he had a lot of songs, a lot of songs. I like to look up some of the other songs. Those were the two most popular ones I could remember, and I love those mm-hmm. songs. Leroy Brown and You Don't Mess. I love that, you know, Mess with the Long Range Mask and Spit in the Wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he uh, got, uh, I got it. Got there was another version of that, one. Spit in the Wind. Yeah. Do what, Jim? I said he had another one that uh, I got a name, but it's, not fast, but it wasn't that like those two others. Lee Bad, Lee Lord Brown, you know. Yeah, well, well, Chuck, yeah. if you find the other version of it, let me know, because that's, that's the one that I like. I think we can put it on the radio. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's really bad, huh? All right, well, uh, at any rate. You're just singing in bars. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've got a couple of more uh, that have come up on my producer's board. I think I lost uh, Al there for a while. You don't tell me you had another tornado nearby, Al. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had a phone call I had to take. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, and then 734, are you you talking today? Who is it? It's Madge, and I'm just listening. Okay, who is it? I can hardly hear you. Madge. Madge Okay. Okay, very good. Good to hear you. And, And where are you? I'm in Trenton, Michigan. In Trenton, Michigan. Well, I've heard yes. of Trenton, New Jersey, but don't think I've been to Trenton, Michigan. <laughs> well, it's a suburb of Detroit. It's about okay. 23 miles out of Detroit. And did, did, were you with Eastern? Yes, for five years. And what were I you doing with Eastern? Well, I started out in reservations because I was too young to fly, and then I transferred to the air. I was based in Boston and in Miami. Okay, so you hit a few bases in your career with Eastern, and that was going to be one of my questions of how many times uh, when you came with Eastern and when you left, uh, when it shut down, how many how many different bases were you uh, with uh, Eastern? I was only with two of them, and you named yours. Um, and tell me where you were again, which bases, domicile? Uh, Boston. And Miami, but I flew back in the 50s, so they didn't have all the bases that they ended up with near the end. Well, I'm glad I got a youngster uh, like you on on the radio (laughs) today. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, and I know you have many, many years. How long did you work? Is it Madge, you said? Yes, uh five years with Eastern, and I'll tell you, it was some of the best years of my life. Yeah. Eastern was yeah. wonderful. It was a family. And yeah. um, enjoyed just about every minute of it. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's but, super. I'm I'm so glad that you called in. You see what we do here every Monday is we don't have a script to go by. And so we try to fill in the airtime that we have by telling stories and and uh, playing some music, and so far the music we've played, uh, my kind of music, I I choose this music. Sometimes we have some dancing music and and then some uh, Louisiana Cajun music like we had at the beginning of the show, and so it's just a fun time, and we like to talk about Eastern mostly. I, th- I see I've got, uh, I guess that's George Jen. George, you with me? Yeah, Neil, I just got home. Oh, okay. Where have you been? Uh, I was out. Actually, I had to pick up a few things today, so that's what okay. I was doing. All right. Very good. Well, we've been just sitting here just uh, talking about Eastern and talking about how many bases were you? Uh, of course, you went on to U.S. Air after Eastern, but uh, you were always in New York, weren't you, uh, George? Yes, Jen? I was. Yep. Okay. And for our listeners, George Jen is our uh, Arthur Laureate. Is that what I would should say? By... <laughs> don't don't get too carried away. <laughs> I know it's Poet Laureate, but I think Arthur Laureate. I, no, I I say that with uh, all due respect, uh, George. You've done some great books and great writing. And uh, oh, thank you. Neil. And at any rate, uh, and then let's see, uh, Al, I got you back, and 
I'm going to play another one before it gets too late. Uh, you got to hear this one. This is my all-time favorite lyric joke. I mean song, not joke, but song. And you guys will definitely know who is singing this song. Enjoy. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth there. And it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, baby. And it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when that shark bites with its teeth, baby. Scarlet billows start to spread. Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe? So there's never, never a trace of red. Now on the sidewalk, uh -huh. ooh, sunny morning, uh-huh, lies a body just oozing life. And someone sneaking round a corner. Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the way to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Got to hear about Louis Miller He disappeared, babe After drawing out All his modern cash And now Maggie He's been just like a shell Could it be a boy's done something rash Back in town, I said, Jenny Diver, whoa, Suki Tawdry, look out to Miss Lottie Linger and old Lucy Brown. Yes, that line forms on the right face, not that Maggie. Back in town. Might that be? Bobby Dare. Bobby Dare. Yeah, Bobby Dare. Ask me when. When do you think that song was written? Uh, Fifty uh, in the fifties. Fifty. Fifty-eight. Nineteen twenty-eight for a German play, oh. the Three Penny Opera. Oh, Mackie's, that's uh, right. By Cleese, the title character. Oh, that's right. So, that's so, right. I remember. Yeah. That. yeah. Wow. I know some really good. <laughs> <laughs> you and Google know know everything. Me and Google, me and Google, Google, smart boy. 
<laughs> well, which song of all the ones we played today do you like the best? The so one you started the show with? Once Upon a Long like Time Ago. Once Upon a Time. Yes, sir. I, I'm, you know, before we go out, I'm going to read that one more time. And since we've got uh, Madge with uh, Maggie, is it Mar- Madge? Midge, okay. Madge, M-A-D-G-E. Madge, okay. All right, I want you to listen to this uh, song that, well, you you can listen to the song uh, uh, after we go off air, and I suggest that you do because it's one of the best songs for a show like this where most all of us uh, reflect back to our younger days and especially with Eastern Airlines. But the lyrics of this song have been changed, and I'm going to read it one more time before we sign off. And I'm going to sign off by playing that song uh, once upon a long time ago. Now, here are the lyrics that I changed. Once there was a neighborhood street, mail planes, silver planes, and airplane seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow old, once upon a long time ago. If I could only go back again to Eastern Airlines and all of my friends, I would feel safe with people I know from Eastern Airlines once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can go there in my mind. So I close my eyes, imagine I'm there, Eastern Airlines and people who care. Hot summer nights and cold winter snow from once upon a long time ago. I smile as I look back at all the roads I crossed traveling down memory lane, but without all those that I've loved and lost, life is just not the same. For all the Eastern good times I can recall, to all I've loved, God bless you all. The happiest moment that I'll ever know was once upon a long time ago. You should be a poet. Well, no. Uh, Jim, uh, uh, Jesse Goldberg wrote, wrote the lyrics. I just changed a few of them to put Eastern Airlines in there. (laughs) Now that's a little plagiarism, I guess, but uh, it's to our benefit because we enjoy going back to Eastern Airlines a long time ago, and that's what we do with these shows every day. I mean, every Monday. So uh, before we go out, that's going to be my, instead of Silver Wings and Merle Haggard today, we're going to go out with Jesse Goldberg's song, Once Upon a Long Time Ago. And our hour is up. I hope you will all come back and be with us again for another Once Upon a Long Time Ago show. Eastern Airlines Radio Hour, and let's let Jesse take us out with his great, great, great song. Street handlebars 
bicycle seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow. Once upon a long time ago, if only I could go back again to mom and dad and all of my friends, I would feel safe with the people I know from once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can and go there in my I'm there Hide and seek Musical chairs Hot summer nights And the cool winter snow From once upon A long time ago I smile As I look back On roads I've crossed Traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all The happiest moments That I'll ever know Were once upon A long time ago song and um, I think it's our theme song so uh, Jim I agree with you I think that's the best of all the songs we played yes sir yes sir see you guys so, later on see you guys next okay, week bye I bye hope bye you can bye. all show up bye. take care bye bye bye, bye. bye. bye.